We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. How is everybody doing? Hope we're having an awesome day. It is Friday, November 25th, as I come to you live from my home in Long Beach in the home office. Uh, it's been kind of a crazy uh, you know, week for Oregon football recruiting. Uh, I went back to San Jose for a couple days uh, on Monday, starting on Monday. And then right when I got off that flight, um, the Ducks landed a commitment from Fox Crater, so got to work covering that. Uh, and then later in the week, to go out to Menlo Atherton to check in with Oregon five-star wide receiver commit, Jurion Dickey. And then uh, on Thanksgiving, the Ducks landed two commitments. And then the day before Thanksgiving, they landed another commitment. So we have, if you can do the math, we have a trio of new Oregon football commitments to talk about on this episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. Uh, and I'm really stoked to get into it. Before we get into today's episode, you guys just do me a quick favor. If you are here on YouTube in the live stream, Oregon Football Max Taurus is where you can find us. Hit the like and subscribe button. That greatly helps me and shows support of what I'm doing covering the Oregon Ducks on the recruiting trail. Uh, and then we got the Ducks obviously tomorrow heading to Corvallis to play against the Oregon State Beavers. But when there's recruiting news, you know I do my best to uh, hop into it. Um, and I need to get this little banner. One second. All right. There we go. There it is. Awesome. Okay. So in today's episode of the Ducks Dish podcast, we're going to be talking about the three new commits for the Ducks. I'm back in my home setup, like I said. Uh, I got a coffee here I'm going to be sipping on uh, throughout the, the episode. I was really tired today. Uh, and then later on, if all things go uh, according to plan, I'll be heading out to Pasadena to the Rose Bowl to watch St. John Bosco and Modern Day go head-to-head for the CIF Division I Southern Section crown. So it is going to be a jam-packed day of football. And then tomorrow you got the Ducks and the Beeves at 1236. Pacific time, I want to say it is, 1236. Um, so that's big time. And then tomorrow night, you have Inglewood and Sierra Canyon going head-to-head for the CIF Division II Southern Section title, and I'm planning to be at that game. That game is definitely a big one, particularly if you're an Oregon fan, because Jamari Johnson, uh, the Louisville athlete commit, looking like he's going to play tight end at the next level, 
Um, Oregon's still working on getting him out to Eugene for a visit. Looks like that's going to be coming next month. Um, Jamari Johnson is going to be playing in that one. So I'm excited to see him play for the second time in person. I saw him play last year uh, and he was making some big plays and he's just more freaky now. So uh, we got plenty to get into today, but I'm going to start by breaking these commitments down chronologically, if you will. So we're going to start with uh, Janoris Wilson. So with all that being said, let's hop into it. Got way too many tabs up here, but, um, you know, got to make use of the monitor because we got the film back. So um, here we go. So Oregon landed a commitment from 2023 Lakeland offensive lineman Janoris Wilson. Uh, he is a big time get for the Ducks. And this recruitment came together pretty quickly, right? For Janoris Wilson, he was just on campus for a visit to Oregon during that Utah game. Um, and I, I talked to him multiple times really between when he uh, took that visit and when he committed, seeing that he's one of the newest 2023 guys, former Auburn commit Janoris Wilson is, um, but Oregon, this new staff, they were in early on this recruitment with Janoris Wilson. Uh, we can go ahead and throw up some tape. There we go. And it's so nice to have my screen back so you guys can see what I'm talking about, who I'm talking about. Um, but here we go. Let's talk about Janoris Wilson. So just looking at his 24-7 sports profile, he is rated a three-star prospect, point eight six one four, number 987 prospect in the country, number 75 interior offensive lineman, uh, the number 144 player in Florida. Um, but I mean, look at the, the state that he's from, I think says a whole lot about how important this recruitment is. Uh, for the Ducks as they need to try to make their way back into the Sunshine State. The Sunshine State is a state that is just overflowing with talent year after year. If you follow recruiting, you know the big three, right? You know California, you know Texas, and you know Florida. Um, Janoris Wilson is the first prospect to commit to Oregon since Jonathan Dennis in the 2020 class. Uh, he's an offensive lineman out of Homestead, Florida. He's since made his way back to Florida, where he transferred to Miami and followed Alex Mirabal and Mario Cristobal back to his home state. Uh, but if you're following the Ducks, you know that Brandon Dorless is having himself a pretty good season out of Deerfield Beach High School in Florida. So he's a success story that I'm sure Oregon pointed to once or twice during this recruitment with Janoris Wilson. Um, but I got a little bit of an eval that I can break down, uh, that I can read out here from my buddy, Matt Solorio, my colleague at SIL American, while we have the tape on. So let's talk a little bit about what Oregon's getting in Janoris Wilson. Offensive lineman Janoris Wilson has a nastiness to his game that is evident from nearly every clip on his tape. He's a textbook finisher, but there's more that sticks out in his film than just that. While most of his tape comes from the right tackle position, it's not hard to imagine him at the guard position at the next level. The reason being how wide he appears on film and how he absolutely engulfs his target on every play. While many Oregon-bound tackles look destined for the tackle position, the slimmer, more athletic types, Wilson appears suited for both. He doesn't look out of place in space and is also an effective downfield blocker, frequently neutralizing defenders in space. I also love watching him take the defender for a ride on those outside zone plays, reaching when he can and fanning when he must. One thing he maybe have to be careful of at the next level is how he twists and turns his victims to submission. I would like to see better hand placement and let his footwork take him where he wants to go. Add some lower pad level to that, and Oregon's got a beast on their hands. So that's kind of the eval uh, from a uh, you know the film perspective about what Janoris Wilson can do on the field. Uh, he is the fifth offensive lineman 
committing to Oregon in this 2023 class under Adrian Clem. Let me just double check. I'm pretty sure he's the fifth, but I just want to make sure. One, two, three, four, five. All right, yeah, so he's the fifth offensive lineman for Oregon in 2023, joining George Silva out of Fullerton College, Bryce Bolton out of Palm Desert, California, Lipe Malala. Um, I'm sure I'll see him on the sideline tonight at the game. He's not going to be able to play, unfortunately, because he suffered injury earlier this season. And then you, of course, have Yapani Laulaulu. So that's kind of the haul that the Ducks are working with here in 2023. Just some more updates from Janoris, just about kind of what's next for him. Uh, before his commitment, I talked to him, like I said, after that visit, and he was working on setting up an official visit to Oregon and to North Carolina uh, as he worked his way towards a decision. Well, obviously, he is off the board now after announcing his commitment to the Ducks earlier this week. He's going to be taking his official to Oregon. It looks like right now the plan is for December 9th, so no longer taking that official visit to North Carolina, which is great. The Ducks want to get as many commits as they possibly can on campus for those crucial visits in December. Because like I've said before, sometimes, most of the time for coaches, you're own commits are the best recruiters that you have at your disposal. You can say everything that you want as a college coach, but it could potentially not mean anything until these guys hear it from uh, one of their peers, someone who, you know, is in their shoes and can experience that with them. So, uh, man, Oregon's doing an awesome, awesome job shoring up the trenches, especially on the offensive line in this class. You know how important that is. They're also doing it on the defensive line, as we'll talk about later on in this episode. But now two big names are really uh, remaining on the board for Oregon along the offensive line. We have Caden Proctor out of Des Moines, Iowa, Southeast Polk, who won uh, another Iowa State title uh, last week in front of Adrian Clem. So Adrian Clem went out to go see him in person after Proctor pulled up to Eugene for his official visit with Oregon. Um, things have been real quiet as far as, you know, no, not really any visit pictures. That was a trip that flew pretty under the radar until he was actually in Austin Stadium. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to be an early enrollee guy or not. I got to do some more digging on that. But I think Oregon definitely left that visit feeling pretty good about where they stood with Proctor. Um, you know, talking to some people around there, I think everything went great uh, on the visit front, even though it was for that Washington game when they lost. Uh, everything was great on the visit front except for the result of the game. So, Caden Proctor is obviously the last big name or one of the other big names that you want to know along the defensive, the offensive line. And then now, uh, the other big name along the offensive line that you're looking at is Spencer Fano, an offensive lineman from Timpview High School in Provo, Utah. He's visited the Ducks numerous times. Clemson is a little bit of a late addition in that recruitment. Took his official, <clears throat> took his official visit excuse me, to Oregon, I want to say for the Stanford game, but I know it was for the fall, and Oregon's offensive line continues to impress. I think they have an opportunity to bounce back from that uh, game last week against Utah when they were only able to, uh, I think they only ran it for 53 yards, 58 yards. So it's a big opportunity for the Ducks there to bounce back in a big way on the offensive line, assert their dominance uh, along the trenches. So Fano, I believe he has announced a commitment date for December 6th. So things could get rolling pretty quick here along the defense, the offensive line. I can't keep my offensive and defensive line straight, as you can obviously tell. So I need to get myself to slow down 
just a tad. But Caden Proctor, Spencer Fano are definitely the two biggest names to know for Oregon along the offensive line remaining on the recruiting trail. Spencer Fano, uh, some other schools that are in the picture there, like I said, Clemson entered pretty late. He came out with the top four, I want to say, that consisted of Oregon, Michigan, Utah, and BYU. Uh, also took an official visit to Utah, I believe. The last time I had spoken uh, to someone about that recruitment, I was being told that Michigan was the big school to watch as far as which school kind of threatened Oregon as the leader in that recruitment. But that's how things are going right now um, for Oregon along the offensive line. And, and I just think it's crazy. I tweeted it out the other day that a year ago today, Adrian Clem was not recruiting. He was coaching in the NFL, and then I saw someone tweet, oh, yeah, well, the, the Steelers didn't have a, a good offensive line last year, Max. You know, what are you saying? Da, da, da. That's not the point I was making. I'm saying any coach that has coached at both the college and NFL levels will tell you that they are two drastically different games, obviously. But what's one of the biggest differences between the college and high school level? It's recruiting. It's the constant time commitment. It's getting on a plane to go fly out to Iowa to go see guys the constant texts, the calls, the FaceTimes, you just, it's such a grind. And I think that's part of the reason that a lot of college coaches leave the college ranks and go to the NFL because they don't want to deal with that, especially in today's era of recruiting, which is obviously just getting more and more complicated uh, with, with NIL and transfer portal and things. Some coaches don't want to deal with that, but I say all that to say Adrian Clem has done a phenomenal job recruiting since he got to Oregon. I will admit, obviously, that there were some misses on the recruiting trail for the Ducks, like Miles McVay, who committed Alabama, like Micah Benuelos, the Pacific Northwest offensive lineman out of Seattle area, who committed to USC. But he's rebounded in a big, big way, and he's doing everything he can to ensure that Oregon's offensive line is going to be set up for success moving forward. Um, and it's great that this newest offensive line commit for Oregon, Morris Wilson, is going to be an early enrollee. Last note on Wilson is that he, uh, one cool little tidbit I got from talking to him, he has a wrestling background. So junior season for him is uh, 2021, and he tries his hand at wrestling. This guy comes one single match away going to compete for a Florida State title as a wrestler. So when when you you know see the eval, see the film, uh, and and you know the position versatility that Matt talked about in his evaluation there, and then you hear about the wrestling background, which you know how important you have to be to defend and to be leverage and to be able to control guys. I really just feel like that makes you like this commitment that much more. Uh, it just kind of adds to his stock. Um, and you know he was a former Auburn commit. Great to get an, a guy from Florida all the way across the country, and, and he could not be happier to be a duck. Really, really loves Adrian Clem and, and the, the recruiters at Oregon, the recruiting staff. So they were really laid back, down to earth people. So huge win for the Ducks with um, Janoris Wilson coming on Wednesday. I want to say that was Wednesday. I'm pretty sure that was Wednesday, but. Let's go ahead and keep it rolling. Keep it rolling because we got another commitment to talk about on this episode of the podcast. Um, we got we got a decent amount of folks here in the live chat. Excited to have you guys here with us as we take some more time to break down the ducks on the recruiting trail. We're gonna get into the Lone Star State here in just a second. While I after I have this sip of coffee. 
All right. So let's keep it going here on the podcast. We're talking Oregon football recruiting. And the next guy that we have to talk about is Johnny Bowens, the 2023 defensive lineman out of Converse, Texas, Judson High School. He committed to the Ducks, one of two commitments for Oregon on Turkey Day. He announced his commitment to Oregon over Texas and Texas A&M. Bowens was at one point a Texas A&M commit, but he took a trip out to Eugene. I want to say it was in June, late June. And, you know, he goes through the trip, you know, takes the photos, meets the coaches and sees the facilities, you know, all the typical parts of an Oregon visit. And then what does he do? He gets back to Texas and it's like, hey, you know, they gave me something to think about. And Bowen's uh, actually decommitted from Texas A&M. And, and oftentimes when recruits, and I mentioned this on the last episode that I talked about, the last episode of, um, of the Ducks Fish podcast um, about Oregon, making a late push into Texas, go listen to that if you haven't already, because I talked about Bowens and I told you that I thought that Oregon was in an awesome spot for Bowens. Bowens ended up committing. But what I said was oftentimes in recruiting, I found that when someone goes into a visit, whatever school, it doesn't have to be Oregon. When someone goes into a visit and they're committed and then they come home and they decommit, it's probably not too far-fetched to say that that school they just visited leads. And that's kind of the feeling that I get with Bowens is that ever since he decommitted, from Texas A&M after that Oregon visit that the Ducks were in the driver's seat. And this is a huge addition because you need those big bodies in the trenches, and Bowens is certainly that. Looking at his 247 sports profile, uh, he's listed at six foot three, 265 pounds. Um, 247 composite has him at the 295, number 295 player in the country, number 41 defensive lineman, and the number 54 prospect in the state of Texas. Definitely a guy that was heavily recruited prior to making his commitment to the Ducks. Um, had 11 reported offers, but all the big Texas schools were after him. Obviously AM, you got Baylor, Houston, also in the picture, Steve Sarkeesian and the Longhorns out there in Austin. That was absolutely big. So let's go ahead. Let me get my uh, let me get my other tab open here and we can get into a little bit of film breakdown and talk about why this is such a big get for the Ducks on the recruiting trail here in 2023. So here we go. Get the film up there. Boom. Oh, boom. Okay, now it's going. So this is Johnny's junior film, um, but uh, I haven't been able to find his senior film just yet. It's probably because he's still playing. I'm actually not sure if Judson's still playing, but I know that they're a really, really good team. Um, he's teammates with... Um, I think his name is Anthony Evans, who just flipped from uh, Oklahoma to Georgia. He's a wide receiver uh, in the 23 class. So that's a big flip for them. So let's talk about Johnny Bones and kind of what he presents as a prospect on the field. From, again, my buddy Matt Solorio at SIL American. Shout out to him for the emails. He writes, Bowens is an exciting prospect because he's so sound in so many ways. Bowens' get-off and his athleticism are the first things that jump off the film. While his game appears technically sound, the freakiness and fast twitch are likely what college coaches find enticing about Bowens. He ends up winning so many of his reps because his quick get-off and pad level consistently put him in the right spot relative to the ball carrier. Hand placement and violence are also a plus. His pass rush approach is unrefined, but he shows traits like high motor and active hands that are all that all the best pass rushers have by default. 
his frame could push him inside the tackles where I think he could have success, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's playing all over the line from the three tech to a wide nine. His angles of pursuit are sound and he brings down the ball carrier with authority. Super excited to track Bowens as his game evolves. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So let's talk about why this is a big get for the Ducks. I mean, we just talked about the value that he brings as a player. But what I really enjoy about recruiting is the story, the dynamics, you know, the dominoes that fall, the domino effect. Um, getting fired up just thinking about it right now. Um, I mean, anytime you can go into the state of Texas and get a recruit that the two prominent Texas schools are recruiting with Texas and Texas A&M, I think that speaks volumes to the coaching staff at Oregon. Um, they, they've obviously done a tremendous job, uh, you know, recruiting defensive players since Tosh Lapoy and Dan Lanning arrived on this new staff. And uh, really, that was part of the reason that they went out in this recruitment. Uh, Johnny Bowens was asked why he committed to Oregon, why the Ducks were the pick for him. And he talked about Dan Lanning, kind of the Dan Lanning factor. You know, he, he had a lot of great guys on that Georgia defense, Jordan Davis. And he says, you know, they're kind of telling me that, that they can develop me into one of those guys. That's kind of what I see here. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. But – you know, he's worked with some of the best defensive players in college football, and now I want to go become one of those guys. So even though I think, you know, a lot of people were talking about Dan Lane winning that national championship at Georgia, and, and I think that that's obviously a great thing that you could sell, but, you know, there's at the end of the day, there's a big difference between Kirby Smart saying, I want a national championship, come play for me, and Dan Lanning saying, I want a national championship. Um, because Kirby's been doing it longer. So that's not a slight to Dan at all. You know, Dan, uh, Kirby's just been coaching longer, and he's the face and the head of that Georgia program. But now Dan Lane's doing what he can, and he's using that experience, that resume that he's put together as one of the best defensive minds in college football. And he's saying, hey, look what I did at Georgia. Come, come be a part of what we got rocking in Eugene, because 
when Oregon's been at its biggest peaks for the most part, I'm thinking about 2019 um, recently is you know, under Andy Avalos, they had a dominant, dominant defense. Kayvon Thibodeau yesterday against the Dallas Cowboys. You'd be kidding yourself if you told me, uh, if you said that Dan Lane didn't maybe send a text or two to Johnny Bowen and say, hey, you see what KT's doing uh, on, on national television and the NFL, you know, I, I want that to be what you're doing in Eugene. So he's joining a potential, you know, long line of really strong defensive linemen. You have DeForest Buckner in the NFL, Eric Armstead in the NFL, Lobinata, we're going back a little bit farther. But this is just a big-time talent, um, and and I'm super stoked to see what Johnny Bowens can do here. Um, let's see what else we have to talk about. Um, I think another big thing that we have to talk about with Johnny Bowens' commitment, we talked about domino effects. Let's talk a little bit about just the haul that Oregon's been able to assemble here in 2023 from the Lone Star State. Uh, Johnny Bowens uh, joins a trio of other Texans in Oregon's 2023 class. You have Ashton Kozar out of Flower Mound, Texas. Bowens, who I mentioned, defensive lineman Terrence Green out of Cypress, and then safety Tyler Turner out of San Antonio. So I think that there's a lot to be made of this commitment because there's still some really big names that Oregon's going after, three in particular in the state of Texas, the biggest one being David Hicks, obviously five-star Texas A&M commit along the defensive line, took recent visits to Oregon and to uh, Oklahoma for the Bedlam rivalry, been reported that he's going to be headed back to College Station in mid-December, early to mid-December for his official visit with the Aggies. So obviously, uh, I wrote that Texas A&M is not going to be letting go of their class headliner without a fight, but he's the biggest name to continue watching in Texas for Oregon in this 2023 class. Defensive lineman in the country uh, in 2023. And then you have Ashton Porter, the Cy, Cy Ranch, I believe is the high school, Cy, Cypress Ranch. It's either Cy Ranch or Cypress Ranch High School uh, defensive end. He was out at Oregon for that Utah game as well. I would I would wager that the Ducks are in uh, the driver's seat there in that commitment. He just had nothing but good things to say about that visit, about the staff. They did an awesome job of selling him on where he would fit into that defense in Eugene. He released the top five of Oregon, Houston. Uh, who else do we got? You got Oregon, Houston, Michigan State, uh, and uh, Mississippi State. And I think I'm blanking. It's not TCU. I don't know if Northwestern made that. But Ashton Porter is a uh, former Northwestern commit. He was out in Sarkville uh, for the Mississippi for his Mississippi State official uh, this weekend. But uh, it looks like Oregon's going to get him back on campus. So uh, Ashton Porter is a big name that you have to watch. He's really good friends with David Hicks and with um, Terrence Green. You see all those relationships coming into play, right? You see Terrence Green. Now you see Johnny Bowens. And then you also have um, David Hicks. And then Damian Sanford. Damian Sanford. Damian Sanford. He's a 2023 linebacker uh, who is also committed to Texas A&M. He's teammates with David Hicks at Atoa High School in Katy. The Ducks are trying to get him back on campus in December. Uh, they really like him as an athletic linebacker in that defense. And, um, I mean, yeah, you just see it. If, if they could get Bowens, if they could get Proctor, not Proctor, well, yeah, Proctor, but if they could get if they could get Bowens, Porter, get my P's mixed up, if they could get Bowens, if they can get Porter, if they could get Sanford, I mean, that is just dominating the Lone Star State. And those are the kind of guys that you need to bring your defense to take to the next level. 
I think I talked about it earlier, but I think it's worth mentioning again. I was listening to uh, Cooper Batania on um, uh, the, the one of the 247 shows, and he was talking about how, you know, every now and then you've got to go out to Texas and get one of these guys because those bodies don't grow out in, in the West. Uh, you don't have those kind of body types, and you got to get them every now and then. And, and Oregon got Kayvon Thibodeau, but now that he's gone, uh, obviously they've struggled to get pressure on the quarterback this year outside of DJ Johnson and Brandon Dorless. So if you can add all of these guys to your trenches, I think that is really going to help you in terms of you know, building out this defense that you really, really need. So we, got, we, we talked a bunch about Johnny Bowens, super stoked about that commitment, but we have one more that we need to talk about. And then, uh, and then I got to get out of here, but let me get a little bit more coffee here. I think it's off one comment. Where is it? Um, Hazmat asks, how much coffee has Max had today? That's a great question. So I spent Thanksgiving with my mom, my sister, my cousin, and my grandma at her house. And I had a cup of coffee this morning, but then I got back to Long Beach after like an hour and 15-minute drive off of the airport. And now I'm getting this coffee. And then before I on the way to the Rose Bowl, I got to stop by Starbucks and get my pumpkin cream cold brew. Say what you will about that being the basic drink, but the pumpkin cream cold brew goes super hard. It's one of my favorite parts to fall, and uh, I love having that while I'm watching football. So just had to had to hop in and, and, and bring that up. But let's talk about the last commitment for Oregon, the second commitment for Oregon. Actually, I think you popped right before Bowens did, but we got to talk about Kaiser Denmark, the 2024 wide receiver out of Roman Catholic High School in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He is a 2024 commit for the Ducks, the third member of Oregon's 2024 recruiting class, and he's a blue chipper. Uh, according to the 247 Sports Composite, they have him rated as a four-star prospect, 0.9547, the number 87 prospect in the country, number 14 wide receiver, and the number two recruit in the state of Pennsylvania for 2024. Tyser Denmark, dynamic playmaker, kind of a guy. He's listed at 5'11", 180 pounds, so he's got some good size for a receiver. Um, but he was very, very heavily recruited before he made his decision. Uh, he has 32 reported offers into his 247 sports profile. But um, – he put Oregon in his top three before he made the call alongside Penn State, alongside Ohio State. And both of those schools have done a pretty good job, especially Ohio State with the wide receiver position. You look at um, you look at uh, Marvin Harrison and uh, and Marvin Harrison Jr., um, Emeka Ibuka, Jackson Smith and Duba, there are so many big names in that wide receiver room in Columbus, and Brian Hartline is doing an amazing job. So this is a big win for Oregon just because of who they were going against for this one. Uh, and then anytime you can get a top guy out of Pennsylvania over Penn State, uh, say what you will about the Nittany Lions, but I think that they're definitely a pretty solid recruiting school under James Franklin, so that's huge. I did a little bit of research after um, this commitment, uh, after this commitment dropped, and Roman Catholic has developed a couple big-time wide receivers. Uh, Will Fuller is one of the more recent guys. I think he's a free agent right now in the NFL. He's obviously had some some stuff going on that's prevented him from getting on the field. But, um, but Marvin Harrison, the Hall of Fame wide receiver, uh, he went to Roman Catholic in Philadelphia. So that's pretty cool to get a guy that um, 
you know, that, that comes from school with some good tradition. We're going to throw some film on here, and then we'll talk a little bit more about the 2024 class for Oregon and where this commitment leaves them in the rankings. So Tysir Denmark, like I said, the third commit for Oregon in the 2024 class, uh, second 2024 commit of the week for the Ducks after Vancouver, Washington, Evergreen High offensive tackle Fox Crater announced his commitment to the Ducks on Monday. Uh, and then, so he's he's in the fold. And A.J. Pugliano, the North Medford tight end uh, in the state of Oregon, uh, he announced his commitment to the Ducks on October 24th, just last month, so about a month ago. And Tysir Denmark is the highest-rated commit for the Ducks in this 2024 class. And you need to keep adding dynamic talent at wide receiver because – um, I think that you you definitely have some good momentum with guys on the roster right now. Obviously, with Troy Franklin, Dante Thornton playing really well. Chase Coda only had one year to play. Uh, Chris Hudson is doing really well. But I think you just need to make sure that you're going to be super, super deep at that position for years to come. And with, with Denmark being a 24 guy, you know, there's a ton of time left here between now and when he can actually sign his national letter of intent. But I love this commitment for the Ducks. Uh, you talk about – uh, the geographical impact, Oregon's a national brand. We've talked about that a million times, but he's got some really good twitch, some really good wiggle as a playmaker. Uh, I think he can do a little bit of everything from the tape that we've seen here so far. Um, and in Oregon's 24 class, I said this after um, after A.J. Pugliano was after he committed, or maybe it was after Fox Crater committed. This 24 class could build steam in a hurry for the Ducks. Oregon's put a ton of work in recruiting the class of 2024 and I know that they feel really good about where they're at relative to some other schools um, and I think we're seeing some really good momentum on the recruiting trail now because this staff has gotten a little more settled in they've had the time to build these relationships just remember when they came in and that class of 2022 it felt like you know the sky was falling from a recruiting standpoint because in that coaching transition you're losing guys left and right obviously you had some guys that, that followed Mario Cristobal to Miami in this class, but the Ducks were able to get some big pieces back in the fold that were former commits. I'm talking Jaleel Florence, who Dan Lane called after the national championship. I'm talking Dave Ewley, who I think projects to be an impact guy on this offensive line um, before too long. So I think that they put a lot of really good time in, in this 2024 class. So we're going to see this 2024 class, I think, uh, you know, continue to build momentum here. And I think really after this, it kind of, uh, kind of, lends me to think that you got to go after that quarterback and they're going after some good quarterbacks in 2024. I'm going to go see one of them tonight in, in Elijah Brown uh, at Modern Day, Miles Jackson at Milliken in Long Beach, right in my backyard, Darius Curry, who's also at, in Long Beach at Long Beach Poly. Um, I'm trying to think of some other 2024 quarterbacks. Uh, Damon Williams out at Basha in Arizona, home to Cole Martin, who's committed to Oregon, and Miles Lockhart, who was on campus, uh, a 2024 athlete, really like Miles Lockhart and his game. So maybe now they can start to put some work in with these quarterbacks because a lot of 2024 quarterbacks are already uh, committed and off the board. But a couple other 2024s that I feel good about in terms of where Oregon stands, Dylan Williams, the 2024 Long Beach Poly linebacker, former USC commit. He was on campus for that Utah game, and that dude could not find enough good things to, to say about Oregon. He's lo he said he loves what they're doing up there. I still have to, I still have to write up that, uh, that interview. Uh, he said he feels like he's a perfect fit in Oregon's defense. 
And you have Brandon Baker, the number one offensive tackle in the country out of modern day. He's another 2024 guy that, that has loved the Ducks uh, for quite some time. As after all, his, his older brother played at Oregon, uh, played some defensive line at Oregon. Uh, and then you also have uh, 2024 uh, linebacker Justin Williams. Um, he is out of, I want to say, Oak Ridge High School. Um, in Conroe, Texas. So he's someone that the Ducks have felt pretty good about for a while. So just trying to give you guys an idea of some other big names that uh, could be, um, you know, guys to monitor here in the on the recruiting trail for Oregon in 2024. But lots of really good stuff uh, for Oregon with the recruiting trail, and uh, it's certainly been been uh, keeping me busy. Um, let's see if we can get to some of these comments. Um, well, Gary, you are you asked who do you, who do you think we get next, and I talked about some of the names to follow there. Um, I think between now and you know the early signing period, you got to take keep an eye on some really big names like uh, some of the guys that Andrews mentioned here in the comments: David Hicks, Mateo Uyunglele, uh, and Caden Proctor. I think uh, I saw a report or a rumor on Twitter that Mateo U was going to be visiting USC this weekend for their big game against U uh, against Notre Dame. He had previously told me that he was going to be taking an official visit out to Georgia after they got involved late. He's an early signee, early enrollee kind of guy. So that's someone to watch. And then we'll have to see what happens with Caden Proctor. I'd be surprised if he took any more visits. Um, but maybe he pops up at Iowa this weekend. I don't even know if Iowa has a home game. But I know that they would love to get him out there one more time because they're going to do everything they can to hold on to that commitment. All right, let's see what else we have. Oh, yeah, Brooks is just kind of, you know, supporting my point here. Brooks says, as a Texan, it is a big deal when you can get a kid to leave the state. That reflects a lot on Lanning. Uh, obviously, Matt Pallage is another guy who has really good ties out there. Uh, I believe he's from Huntsville. So I think that helps a lot. Um, and just I still don't know how confident I feel about Mateo Uyunglele going to Oregon. Uh, obviously, there's still a little bit of time left there, but I think you definitely want to get him on campus if you can, just to try to you know, make one last pitch. But I feel like I felt that that was you know, USC and Ohio State for quite a while, but that's why you recruit these other guys. You see what they're doing in the state of Texas, and if you can get a guy like David Hicks, then if you end up missing out on a guy like Mateo, then it's not going to be the end of the world. All right, what else do we have here? Um, Brooks helping us out with some Texas geography. David Hicks is from Katy in the Houston area, which is close to Cyprus. So you're seeing all those relationships that I've mentioned that could come to really help um, help them. Uh, Josh is saying some of those guys are possible. This staff is picking up steam for a while now. Yeah, they absolutely have been. They've been bringing in big names really since they got here. You know, in the spring, in the summer, they were bringing in big names. In the season, they were bringing in big names. I've been to a couple games this year since I moved away from Eugene and Autzen has been electric every time. Um, you know, Oregon did get Mateo on campus, obviously when St. John Bosco played in Eugene, I was at that game. So they got that visit. But I think you want to get back on, get him back on campus one more time before he announces if you can. All right, let's see. Um, let's see. We're talking some, some stuff about, my uh, my coffee. Gerard brings a good question. How many guys do you think we will have in the 2023 class? We are at 24 right now. That's a hard question to answer right now just because they don't have the 25 signing cap. And I don't know. I need to ask some people. I don't know if that 25 
if the lack of a 25 cap is only for 23 or if that's just going to be the thing moving forward because now they're basically saying you can sign more than 25, but you can't have more than 85 scholarships, I believe, is, is what things are um, is what things are looking like. But in the age of the transfer portal, uh, obviously, you know, your roster could change really quickly and that transfer portal window is going to open uh, in early December, I think. But I'm seeing stories of, of guys transferring from these other schools or entering the portal. So we just got to keep uh, monitoring it. Um, so, Gerard, to answer your question, it's a little tough. I hate to deflect, but it's a little tough to ask to answer how many guys that are going to get in this class. Um, just when we talk about just assume that they get everyone that they're going after right now and they're going to be up closer to 30. Uh, so that's going to be a lot to look at. Andrew's saying this program is going beast mode. It absolutely is. Um, and I'm doing everything I can to try to keep up with it on my side of things. But that'll do it. I cannot believe it's already been 38 minutes. I feel like I just recording. But you guys do me a huge favor before I get out of here. Smash the like button and subscribe to the channel. You're really getting close to 2,000 subscribers on the YouTube. Um, and I love covering this stuff, love covering the Ducks on the recruiting trail, and this is the place to be if you want to follow Oregon Recruiting on YouTube and on the podcasting platform, the Ducks Ditch Podcast. So do me a favor, like I said, like and subscribe. Follow me on Twitter, at mtorasports. That's where you can find my quickest updates. Go over to ducksdigest.com um, to find the latest written content covering Oregon Recruiting and Oregon Football. And the best way to support the show is to share the Duck Stitch podcast. That'll do it for me on this episode. I got to get ready to head out to Waterday St. John Bosco, and uh, that should be a fun game. But thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode of the Duck Stitch podcast. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.